confusion, chaos, and the lack of direction can lead to a whole lot of laughter, especially when, as a couple, you go through life together without the gift of sight. Join Clark and Carrie Roberts as they do life in tandem, the blind leading the blonde. Or is that the blonde leading the blind? Clark and Carrie invite you into real conversations about life, marriage, adversity, and executing your life's vision without being able to see your vision. Humor, dog stories, and insightful discussions with friends. Did we mention there'll be humor? So hit subscribe, pour yourself a cup of deliciousness, and tune in to Coffee, Coffee with, with Clark, Clark and Carrie. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Clark and Carrie. I want to thank you so much for being with us today, and um, I hope that you have your cup of deliciousness. I do. You do? Does it I need do. to be refreshed? Probably. Probably but, so. <laughs> but I think I've got enough to get through this episode. All righty. Well, we hope that when you saw that this podcast was dropping, that you hit brew on your coffee pot and that you or are just... Or even before. Or even before. Hopefully, you're getting used to this and you're just kind of waiting for them. And we want to thank you for taking the time out of your day, the time out of your life to join us. We hope that this brings encouragement and um, maybe some more information, a little laughter, a little humor. And um, we just hope that you are enjoying your time with us as much as we're enjoying our time with you. Absolutely. And we are going to be continuing a conversation that we started and... This was definitely, um, did not see that coming. Absolutely. And this, is, this is part two of that. And when we left off, first of all, I'm kind of interviewing my husband. And this is, I have to be honest with everyone. This is not, if you haven't heard the episode part one on this, please go listen to that before you listen to this one. <laughs> and because it's going to put it more in context. And I need for you to know something that, you know, that the man that I met had such a light in him. He had the greatest, biggest laugh in the world, the most, the best sense of humor, the love of life, and absolutely loved the Lord with all of his heart. And every part of him, to me, exuded that. Every part of that. He loved hanging out with the kids that he was speaking to. He loved meeting our son Jacob, and, um, and he is the best father and the most incredible husband. And we are not perfect. No, we, we have a very good friend that, you know, it's like the imperfection wins. We are perfectly imperfect and we are okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and I am so thankful. I am so, so thankful for the man that I married. And we left off with Clark thinking that his life in that first marriage was going to change a little bit because he was now having this incredible experience of bringing in a guide dog that was going to give you what? Well, it was going to give me confidence. It was going to give me freedom. It was going to allow me to go do the things that I wanted to do when I wanted to go do them. And, so, and what did that mean for you in your marriage? What did that mean for that relationship? What did you feel like this was going to bring? Because you're about, what, three years in now? Yeah, about, yeah, something like that. Okay. And but, what did you feel like that was going to do? Did you feel like it was going to invigorate and bring something positive into your life? I to thought it was on? going to bring something positive into the life. I mean, both she and I both uh, had a love for, for animals, a love for dogs. And I thought that, you know, that this was going to be maybe something that would 
uh, be a positive influence in the home. Um, but so talk to me, talk to me about getting the dog, talk to me about getting Missy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and talk to me about how, like going into it, you were, you were feeling with your cane and the, the life that you were in, how were you feeling going into it as far as like, as a man, as a husband, as that person that had been, had had his confidence kind of beaten down? I mean, I was I was excited about going and doing this. Uh, I knew that the training was going to be challenging because of the fact that, first of all, I was going to be gone for 28 days, uh, which that's a lot as far as being being away. So uh, was was there support in this? Was there... When you say support, explain that to me. As well, far as I'm, support, I'm asking, as far as I'm asking in your relationship, was there support in this new, in giving you a new lease on life, a new leash on life, literally a new leash on life? Um, Four pod drive. To be honest, to, to be honest, um, I I can't say because I don't remember back at that particular point in time. I think that there was support as far as being able to go and to do this. Uh, as far as I was concerned, I don't know that either one of us, you know, realized how it was going to be being gone for, for that amount of time, but I wanted to go do this and I wanted to have that, that, that confidence because I knew that my cane was not getting it done for me. Share one story. Okay. Before you go get a guide dog, one of the requirements is you have to have a physical to be approved to go get your dog. Okay. We were currently living about uh, nine, ten blocks away from where my doctor's office was. Physical was booked, grabbed, grabbed a hold of Seymour. We walked to the doctor's office, had my physical all done. I'm leaving my leaving the doctor's office to walk back home. And when I walked with a cane or even with a guide dog by myself, I don't walk real slow and my cane missed it. And I walked straight head into a metal light pole. Oh. Hit it such with such force that a guy in his car that was going the other direction saw this. He expected to come back and find me laying on the ground. I'm now standing there with blood trickling down my face off of my nose down at the ground and I'm thinking okay I'm halfway between the doctor's office and halfway between home do I go home and clean it up or do I go back to the doctor's office oh so you'd already been to the doctor's office oh yeah I'd probably been to the doctor's office you probably already. said that and I missed it yeah okay. been to the doctor's office had my physical okay so I decided to go back to the doctor's office. I walk back into the doctor's office. I walk up to the receptionist counter. And she looks looks up from doing her work and she says, "Weren't you just here?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I was just here." I said, "I had a little accident." She says, "Yeah, you did, didn't you?" So they took me in, cleaned it up, put a couple of butterfly bandages on it. She took out her pen to write on my application, "Needs guide dog." <laughs> That's good. I just so. wanted to reinforce that. So, okay, so you're excited. I'm and, excited, and, yeah. and there's actually some support in the home. Yeah. Do you feel like something has changed? 
feeling that way. Do you feel way. like in your feeling relationship that, that, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. something has changed? Yeah. Now, now, up until this point, I remember that you talked about that you were not allowed to really go and do anything, to go hang yeah. out with friends. Yeah. Was that still happening? Yeah, it was still happening. Anytime that I would, anytime that I would go hang out with anybody, I would come back and I would be grilled. What did you do? Where did you go? Well, would you go together and do things though? Sometimes. There was not a whole lot that she she believed that I was able to do. I mean, we had talked about different types of things. I mean, um, I remember that, that one day, uh, I don't remember how long it was into, the, into our marriage, but I mean, we talked about all the different things that I've done. And we're out, we were with some from friends uh, playing miniature golf. At a at a miniature golf place, putt putt miniature golf course, and I mean it's challenging, you know, when you can't see and getting the club lined up and hitting little ball, and I was having a challenging time with it, and she she once again is just kind of like, well, you know, you've lied about all the types of things that you you have done or can do, and and you know, it was just the fact of. Um, very degrading even even out in public as far as with the with the people that we were with and i remember your sister saying something specifically to me well actually i'll let i'll let I'll, we'll get to that in a little bit because i know that that there came a point when things just when oh, things yeah. had to oh, yeah. end so I mean, so you just, have so you have your new dog yeah. and you're feeling i'm feeling confident in being able to use my dog as far as getting places getting out doing the types of things when you uh, were at home was there still fear of um, <sighs> physical and oh, yeah. verbal oh, retribution yeah. oh yeah because it's the fact of if you don't do it right it's wrong if you do it right it's wrong i mean it was there was just there was just no I know you love to cook. So would you would you cook? Would you set the table? Would you did you was it a partnership in helping with the chores and cuz I know we do that here. I mean, I I wash the laundry, you dry the laundry, fold the laundry, put the laundry away. You know. That was the plan in the beginning. Okay. Those were things that happened in the beginning, but I mean, you know, things things had taken place to the point that she's like going, "No, I don't want you doing that because you're just going to make you're just going to make a big old mess." And it's going to be worse than when I when I left, you know. And, and now there's this mess. I mean, you did this on purpose. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it got it got to the point that I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do because everything was wrong. So in those moments when you're at home, yeah. and now you have your guide dog, yeah, were there moments when that that you would kind of react in a way that was was like you would coil recoil back because you weren't sure what was going to happen was was there ever a moment that you that you felt that unsafe in in your own home oh yeah there were there was lots of times that I felt unsafe in my own home and and, and that's when I got to the to the point of going I can't stay here I can't stay here because I don't feel safe. I don't know that I am safe at home. Were, were you, did you have other outside friends 
that um, that all of you, were all you, were of you all allowed? You know, I guess I no, guess my question. I was is, not allowed to have friends because any time any time that I would even even if I did go with somebody or go did did go do something with them, which wasn't very often because I didn't I didn't want to come home and just be interrogated. Okay. I mean the whole aspect. I mean, it's it's not any fun if you go do something with another individual, knowing that you're coming home to be completely interrogated as far as what did you do, where did you go, what did you talk about, and having to remember every little bitty detail. Not just recapping the activities of the day, but I mean detailed interrogation. And it got, you know, and like I said, I mean, it got to the point of, of not knowing, you know, what I do, what I say, is that right? And I also, I mean, like as far as not feeling, feeling, feeling safe, I was broken, I was beaten down, um, I didn't want to be there and I knew that I couldn't be there any longer because I mean if I can't feel and I can't be safe in my own home then I can't live here so would would you say that you were being kind of isolated and and taken away from oh, yeah. your friendship circles oh yeah and... isolated completely okay and, and I think, and I think that for our listeners, you know, I think it's really important. Um, you know, if you're listening right now, and this is something that has happened to you, um, if you are, if you are feeling like you have been emotionally abused or physically abused, if you are afraid to step outside of your home and spend time with friends because you're getting grilled and questioned, and everything is. Um, made to seem like it's your fault, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That. And 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 you know, fault. And did you do that because you you needed to? You meant to? Did you do it on purpose? I mean, things that would happen. I mean, breaking of glass. I mean, is something if a if a glass got broken in our kitchen. I mean, it was like going, you know, do I even want to tell her? Because I mean, the fact that she's going to think that I did some purpose. So yeah. So I think that it took you a long time to recognize that you were being abused. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that um, that our listeners and and for us, for for anyone right now, if you know of somebody, if you see the signs, and for right now, for those of you that you know that you don't realize that you're seeing the signs, it's like this might be that first call. This might be yeah, that yeah. first wake up call that just yeah. says that you know I am. I believe that I am being abused and there's, there's so many different types of abuse Oh yeah, and that it's not your fault. Oh yeah. That it's not your fault. And when, and when, and when I left that, that situation, that relationship, I was a shell of an individual. Yeah. And I do remember that that's one of the things that your sister said to me. And I think it's important to know that, you know, that what, what I'm hearing you say is that, is that this other person wanted the power over you. Yeah. And that's normally, that is what abusers want the power. They're bullies in adults' clothing, and yeah. they want that power over you and, well, and, I, and control I, over you. And I also believe that there was, there was a mentality that even, even, though, even though she knew that I was blind, 
and knowing that sh that I was blind as, from the start of the relationship, of feeling like that she wanted to have a husband that could see, and so there were there were definitely issues with that as well. So she actually stated that to you. Yeah. Even though she'd married somebody who oh, she yeah. knew would never get his eyesight back. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's one of the things. You know, and and you know, for those. Again, you know, all of us, we all have our moments, but we never, ever, never use your words in a way that are demeaning or degrading to another person that cuts them down. Never physically reach out and harm anybody. Um, I think that, you know, and I, I didn't do this before, but I had this for you, but I wanted to read these to you because I think it's really important that, because I think when you hear this, this is why I didn't do it before. I wanted to do it when we're on here. Um, so just say yes or no to these. So telling you that you never do anything right yes showing extreme jealousy of your friends or time spent away from them yes preventing or discouraging you from spending time with friends family members or peers yes insulting demeaning or shaming you especially in front of other people yes preventing you from making your own decisions including about working or attending school yes Controlling finance in the household without discussion, including taking your money or refusing to provide money for necessary expenses. Yes. Pressuring you to do things that you do not want to do. Yes. Pressuring you possibly to use either drugs or alcohol. Probably not on that no. one. Intimidating you through threatening actions or threatening words. Yes. Int mm destroying your belongings or your home yes so for those of you listening those are common signs of abusive behavior in your partner even one or two of these behaviors in a relationship is a red flag that abuse may be present wow did you know that no and we're talking a lot of years ago this is from the national domestic violence hotline and I really want to encourage people to um, to take the number down and to make certain that you have a way to call it is it is private it is there for you it is across the US and unfortunately during these last couple of years of this pandemic the numbers have risen because mm -hmm. people have become isolated yeah. and they've yeah. stopped going out and they're no longer in safe spaces like their workplace or schools where they were able to be safe and away from their abuser. And so we very much want to make certain that people have the access to those resources. Yep, the access to those resources. So it's 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. You can also text and you just text the word start to 88788. Again, that's text the word START to 88788. And there's privacy in this. Reach out to a friend. Oh, absolutely. Reach out to someone that you trust. And don't don't keep this to yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. could, so so finally, finally your, <sighs> your family said, and you said, it's enough. What was, what was the final thing that broke? What was it that broke the camel's back? What was it that broke the camel's back? I don't, I don't remember exactly what the final thing was, but I mean, I, I came to realize that I was not safe in my own home. Did you ever try to 
fight back because I think this is what you told me was yeah, the final. There was, this was there the was, final thing there for was, you. There was one, one incident that um, we were being physical and I pushed her away and she fell back against well, she was physically abusing you, yeah. and you she pushed was her phys- away. She was physically abusing me, and I pushed her back as far as um, defending myself. And she fell back and um, hurt her back. And, I mean, I just felt absolutely terrible because there was no way that I wanted to ever, ever hurt her or to hurt any individual. Yeah. I just felt I just felt like dirt. Was it at that point that you realized that that this that, this couldn't continue on? That was one of those things that it said, was that was one of the situations. But I mean, it was the fact of being realizing that I couldn't be safe in my own home, not knowing if if or what was going to trigger her physically, and at the same time of knowing that I couldn't do I couldn't do anything that was right, whether whether I said anything, whether I did anything it was just i mean the minute that she came home it was like walking around on eggshells and it was just a cold cold relationship and so i knew that it had it had to change okay so at that point you reach out to family yep i reached out to family family because because your sister told me when we when we met for the first time actually we hadn't even met yet i think we talked for the first time and she told me that she could not believe the light that had come on inside of you when you met me. And she told me that that you were you, good for me. That I was good for you. But she also told me though that you that you had been a shell of a person. Oh yeah. So I mean, I when, was, when I you was, ended your marriage, where did you move to? I moved I moved in with my sister and brother in law. They told me that I could come uh, live with them for couple months how were you feeling at that time oh I was I was I was not very confident I was scared I was as far as basically realizing I was going to be um, on my own even though I was coming back to live with family for a couple of months but you know just you know I was I was broken. I mean, when when you hear verbal negative words, negative information for, and it doesn't take a long period of time, but over the period of time that you're hearing verbal negative words, <clears throat> the brain then takes and shuts your body down to the point that you don't want to do anything. And that's where I was. I mean, um, but I mean, I lived, I lived with, I was only supposed to be at my sister and brother-in-law's house for two months. It was a little over a year plus. And that was healing time for you. Yeah, it was healing time. But finally, my brother-in-law came to me and he says, Clark, he says, uh, the room that you're staying in, we we need to have it vacant because we need to do a little bit of, of remodel work to it and we gotta have a gal that's gonna be coming to stay with us for the summer so you have a timeline and at first I felt like that my brother-in-law was kicking me out but I knew that he was doing what I needed I needed to be given that 
that kick, that shove, that push to... In a very gentle way. Yeah, in a gentle... In a gentle, loving way. But still, it was the fact of knowing that I needed to do it. And he, it was, he knew that you needed to get your confidence back underneath you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was able to, to go find an apartment. But, I mean, it was, it was the fact of going, okay, so I get to do all this by myself. I mean, as far as... Uh, paying my bills you know I had, I had found a job I was working for an individual from our church doing some phone work for his insurance company but I mean it was still the whole aspect of going you know this is kind of scary but over a period of time of knowing that you know I could do this and you know I had a support system which um uh, made it possible for me to start going and doing and being me again so yeah and it about how many years after that was it that you and I met uh, eight and so you had a lot of life that you were rebuilding oh, yeah, and having fact. fun and and <laughs> in fact when you and I met I'm like going I kind of go, God, what do you think you're doing? I mean, life is good. I'm I'm a single bachelor. I'm traveling. I'm speaking. I'm doing all the kinds of things. And then, bam, he dropped <laughs> he dropped this this beautiful blonde haired blue eyed lady in my life with a almost nine year old son. And as we state, it, I got confusion with no direction. And when you throw our son into the mix, it's with abundant energy. Yep, and you were given the best of second chances. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that, that I want people to also hear is on the on the other side of this. So for myself, as as somebody who married, what I'm, I'm going to say that you are a survivor. You're a survivor yeah. of coming through the trauma of your sight loss. Yeah. You are a survivor of coming through the trauma of physical and emotional abuse. Yeah. And one of the things early in our marriage that we found out very quickly. So he did tell me later on why he asked me that question twice. Because again, he wanted to make sure that I knew that what I was getting into. Yeah. And I already knew. I already knew. Well, God, I, I mean, I, you know, God already told me I was going to marry you. So he, you didn't, I mean, where were you going to go? I could find you. It was <laughs> really easy. Just like for the dude with the dog. But, but no, I think that the thing though, that, that for those of us that are in a support position, we support each other in everything. Absolutely. But for those of us that are in a support position for someone who has gone through trauma, oftentimes we will say words that sound like the words of the abuser. And there were times in our marriage early on where I would say something or I would do something and I could see it in Clark's face. I could see it in your face, hon. I could see you. I could see the hurt. I could see the doubt. And I remember, do you remember what my words were to you? I'm not that person. And what else? You know my heart. You know my heart. These words that I'm saying to you are not coming from a place of anger, a place of chastising, a place mm -hmm. of anything other than abundant love, just yep. abundant love. Yep. And, and I would apologize yep. if I had said it in a way that I didn't mean to. 
And we had to work through some different things. Oh, yeah. And it took, I think it really did take a couple of years. Yeah. Um, because those triggers wouldn't happen all at once. They would happen like all of a sudden there'd be something that happened that took you back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for our listeners, you know, I really want to encourage you also like in that support position of walking alongside of somebody, or if you are now in a relationship with someone who came out of an abusive relationship, remember that there is trauma there that still may need to be worked through and re- and just reassure them that you are not that person. You yeah. are, yeah. you know, and, and make sure you're using, that I'm using my words carefully. We have to use our words carefully. Yeah. Build each other up, encourage each other, right? Yep, that's and, true. Build and more, each other up. Yeah, and more than anything, again, you know, just... For our listeners right now, our friends, we just want you to make sure that you know how valued you are. You You are are so worthy. You are so valued. And if you are in an abusive relationship, whether that even be a friendship or a relationship of marriage. Or even even a situation at work. Or a situation at at work. You know, if you have someone who is bullying you or physically, verbally abusing you, please please reach out and get help. Yeah. It Find be, somebody who's your support system. Yep. Yep. Go, go to your HR director, set your boundaries, be strong, be safe, make sure you're in a safe place and, you know, go ahead. And if you need to, please reach out to that national yes, domestic hotline. Yes, definitely. You know, go to your local church, find that, find a family member that you trust, whatever you're doing, please make sure you do that. The national, um, the national hotline for abuse, um, national domestic hotline is open 24 seven. And again, stated that they are having a high abundance of calls because unfortunately with the state of the country, many people have been put back into unsafe situations because they're still, they're at home with their abusers. And so that 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233, the TTY number is 1-800-787-3224, and that's the assistance for hearing, correct? Yes, yes. for hearing. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you have it um, scrolling on your screen, know that that number for you is 1-800-787-3224. You can also chat if you go to their um, if you go to their website. You can chat online, and then you can also start a text chat with them by typing in the word "start" to eight eight seven eight eight. And so I we just, want yeah. Go ahead. What, so what so, words so would you I like want to say? I just I just want to let you know that yes, you are worthy. You are valued. You are loved. You are important. But remember, you have purpose. You have yes, purpose. Yes, you have purpose. Remember that your life, yes. your life is a gift. Yep. Unwrap it, cherish it, and share it wherever you go, whatever you do, and whoever you are with. And don't let anybody ever take that gift away. That's right. You are significant. Yes, you and, are. And we are living proof, um, both of us, we are living proof that you can you can live through adversity and you can make a difference. And you can not only make a difference in another person's life, but you can make a difference in your own life and Absolutely. you can make your life better. And so we just, we again, thank you for listening. Thank Absolutely. you for being a part of our journey. 
and we hope that we've brought some encouragement and some laughter. I know that there was a few tears this time. We are completely open books. Please feel free to reach out and ask questions. And um, this has been Coffee with with Clark Clark and and Carrie. Carrie. Make sure you hit brew when you see that our podcast is going to drop. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments, please be sure to ask. Don't forget to like, share, or subscribe so that you do not miss one episode of Coffee with Clark and Carrie.